Hello and welcome to Brain Trust Live number 491. This week on the podcast, Ezra Klein condenses 12 years of Brain Trust Live into one hour of reasons why Joe Biden should not run for president. And George Santos wishes you fucking idiots <laughs> good luck raising funding next quarter. Plus, for once, Joe Manchin's listening tour resulted in him listening. And the fate of America rests on one simple question. Did anyone see Fonnie Willis kissing Nathan Wade in the year 2019? Plus, Donald Trump becomes the opposite of a billionaire, which is the closest he'll ever get to that sum. And Trump's new sneaker line is shipping in July of 2024, so you're definitely not getting those. We'll have all this and more. This is Brain Trust Live. Hey y'all, I'm Brent. I'm Lila, and you can find us on the web at www.braintrustlive.com. That's right. You can be finding us in a voter guide soon, Yeah. by the way. We have been getting requests, <laughs> Yeah. which is flattering. And Thanks also, for trusting us with your votes. Some of them are out, and fuck those ones. Do not look at the ones you're getting. <laughs> They're bad. Even the DSA one, I've now added that onto my list of many reasons why I stopped paying my DSA dues. Yeah recently because there's some incorrect options for you in the DSA LA one. So don't worry, friends. Yeah, we're going to have the guide to you soon. We've been a little behind <clears throat> due to moving and rain shenanigans. We're, we got shit going on, you guys. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I know. We're about to, we're having another atmospheric river. Oh my God. This, I already have dealt with so much water damage in my e- tiny little dumb house. Right. I, my car is wearing a hat once again. I know. I don't have time. Like multiple rivers in the sky are coming for us? For LA, a city that did, it rained two times the entire year that I moved here for the first year. Like, yeah. where's all this water going Now we've got <laughs> atmospheric rivers, we've got pineapple expresses, we've got yeah, whatever. It's, it's <laughs> like all of the, all of the phenomenon. Like, if you live in Los Angeles, you expect to not have to learn new weather terms. That's right. There's not supposed to be weather here. There's, there are terms for natural disasters that you have to learn. You will absolutely sure. be learning a lot of terms for police chases of vehicles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When, you know, yeah. the news describes banking maneuvers to you, you'll know what you're talking about <laughs> within one year of moving to Los Angeles. But you shouldn't have to learn about rain-related no. weather conditions. That's not real. No. <laughs> so if, if you weren't already concerned about climate change. <laughs> right. If yeah. them having ice storms in, like, Texas has not worried you. Yeah. Think about us and our moderate w- rain problem. <laughs> I know. Our 55 degree rain problem. Yeah. I know, it's sad. It's sad. <sighs> anyway, voter guide. It's yeah. happening. It's happening. You'll get it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Ezra Klein. I mean, say, uh, wrote a, a novel length op-ed that is basically a redux of this the last 10 years of this podcast. <laughs> It's like, he, so he did something splashy, and we applaud him. Yeah, we do. Which is, he wrote an op-ed in the Times about why we should replace Joe Biden on the presidential ticket, yeah. and also laying out that that is possible. Yes. That we are not, like, locked in, because I think he rightfully sort of addresses concerns that it's, like, too late because voting has already started. But first of all, this is not real Democratic voting we're doing right now. So, like, don't <laughs> worry about the prime. Like, if we had had a real competitive primary, I would have been pretty pissed if the convention, you know, if the delegates had pulled some sort of maneuver at the convention. Oh, yeah. But we're not being given any options, really, on our no. ballot. So it's not real. And I have been saying the entire time, by the way, <laughs> I, you're going to be hearing the most I told you so's ever when that happens. Because oh. I have been saying that that was their plan. From the yes. beginning, before I was seeing anybody in print saying that that was their plan. Well, and do you know who else was, was that? Was that they were, that's why they weren't having a primary, specifically, yeah. was so they could be the ones then that could do the picking at mm-hmm. the convention. That is also 
one Carla Nordstrom has also had that theory for many months. So you, Brent yeah. and my mom, yeah. I mean, that's everyone who knows. So, <laughs> I know. So that's I may happened. have secretly stolen it from her. We I, don't know. No, you're allowed to thought crime. <laughs> my my mom is pro-thought crime in this kind of circumstance, yeah, sure. I think. As long as it's shared thought crime. Yeah, I know. was going to say, right? She she doesn't mind if I claim it as mine, as long as I'm peddling it to others. Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, if, if you win an award for it, she'll be pretty <laughs> mad if you don't share the award. Yeah, fair. We've been looking for an award for my mom. Well, she deserves she one. She deserves one. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, if, if you're just out there peddling a good idea, yeah. I, she's here for it. Yeah. So, yeah. But this... I do think that this is like, Ezra Klein is like uh, progressive, you know. Yeah, adjacent. I, progressive I, I, adjacent. I, I almost busted out my finger quotes, but I left them alone. Yeah. I'll, I'll call him a progressive. For one reason, it's Progress... audio, so you wouldn't have seen he's, them anyway. <laughs> he's progressive in the way that the progressive caucus is progressive. Right. So, like, he really does kind of, like, supposedly get a lot of play. Like, this is a guy who, like, people respect. This was in the Times, I believe. Yeah. Yes. And, like, you know, people in Biden world are reading and seeing this. Yes. And I think he even sort of acknowledged that, like, this was probably not going to go over super well with the people who might be his readers. Yeah. Or listeners. Because um, I think he also recorded this for his podcast. Yes, I think he did. Um. So... You know, I'll be curious to see where that goes, because we talked last week, obviously, about the her report and then also sort of like some Democrats finally sort of, you know, no major ones, but kind of for the first time, at least the media anyway, sort of seemed to think to themselves that maybe he wasn't the best choice. Yeah. Well, and I think there were so many important points that he made in this um, op-ed that I feel like everyone has like known in their hearts but been unwilling to admit to themselves, chief among them, specifically related to the senile accusations, right. that, like, it doesn't actually matter if they're true. Once you can't disprove them, you can't sue voters for age discrimination. It's like, yeah. if you, if that is going to be a liability to you as a candidate, that's on you. Yeah. You can't, you can't sort of, like, sue America in a court of law for making it a fair field for yeah. you. And that's... Look, that's too bad for Biden. Try, Maybe he's not senile and he's just really bad at speaking in public, but I would also contend that makes you a bad fit to be president anyway. Yeah. But like he kind of points out that like the perception when you're a candidate is all that matters. It may not be all that matters when you're the president itself. Right, exactly. But it is all that matters as a candidate. And yeah. so to not distinguish between those two and think to yourself, does this make me a weak candidate? And right. not yeah, he points that out from being points a weak out the, president. Right, points. Yeah, he point, rightfully pointed out the difference between yeah. the two, between candidate, because candidating, and president. We have a lot of Democrats right now trying to create a false equivalency between what it is to be a candidate and what it is to be in office, and sort of suggesting that any criticism of them is unfair when it actually doesn't matter if it's unfair. Right, unfair criticism is part of running for office, but also you can't. You, ha you either have to combat it with real things yeah. or you have to acknowledge that it's going to affect your candidacy. Yeah. You can't pretend that because you don't think it's true, yeah. it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, an, an interesting argument has emerged here sort of from people. And I think Jonathan or Jonathan, John Stewart sort of started it <laughs> last. <laughs> Jonathan Stewart. Edward Stewart. The second. The uh, second. Esquire. Right. <laughs> um, said something to the effect, and I think that this is a good way to sort of like get to the heart of some of the people who are the most ardent Biden supporters, is that I think that Biden has long himself and then everybody in his world will say sort of like, but we have to save democracy, right? And I think the response to that is, okay, well then decide whether saving democracy 
is more important than your vanity of a second term. Right. Like, is it more important to you to protect to protect Joe Biden and and people and to continue to have people think that he's like some great and wonderful person in a meeting behind closed doors and not right. senile? Or is it to protect democracy? Which of those things is more important to you? Because if right. you're so concerned about protecting democracy, if that's all we're doing in this election, it's the most important election in the world, you have to save democracy, then I think you should be asking yourselves... Am I saving democracy by running? But, exactly. <laughs> yeah. if, if you're him, and if you're a voter, you should be thinking to yourself, am I saving democracy by continuing to push Joe Biden on everybody? Right. <laughs> well... Luckily, no voters are pushing Joe Biden on anybody. <laughs> well, I know. The, one of the big liabilities is that no voters are advocating for him. This is sure. all coming. No, but no, from vo- no, no voters are advocating people. for him. But then they are also in the same breath, being like, "Well, we're stuck with him, and we have to vote for him." Of and then I guarantee you, of millions and millions of those people in a couple of weeks in California are going to go vote for Joe Biden on a primary ballot. Right. Which for is like, what do you? What's right. anybody Don't doing? Don't bother. Right? Like, that's the whole thing about this election, which is crazy. And I understand that not very many people vote in primaries and caucuses and things. But well, it's just sort of like, you know, 80, 80% of people don't want this election. And yet we are, like, really charging. Like, yeah. we're the ones who are, like, we could be choosing different. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. We all, we made it all up. Like, don't vote for Joe Biden in a couple weeks. But also, I mean, they've created a situation where unless you're, like, a real oh, political course. strategist. No, I understand. Like, you have no real idea of what else to do. Yeah, there's not really anything to do. I get it. You and know? I'm not, I'm certainly not blaming the voters in this instance. No. But it's just sort of, it's a bizarre situation to find yes. yourself in when you live in a supposed democracy. Right. And, and nobody wants something. This is and the most it's, authoritarian ballot you will right. face in the next. 100%. Unless we, yeah, know, just, unless just Donald weird. Trump becomes president, I guess. Thankfully, I some geniuses in Michigan yes. are getting up to some shenanigans, and, and I'm here for it. If we learn anything from this election, this primary election in particular, yeah. let it be that every ballot in America should I have know. an uncommitted option. Yeah, we talked about that last week, and I'm ready to talk about because it again. Because think about how freeing <laughs> it was to be able to go no party preference. Oh my God, Remember when we had to have a party preference, and then we had to be Democrats, and now yeah. we can just be like free-floating anarchists if yeah. we want to? Like that, <laughs> that was a real revelation to me, because for so long I had been thinking to myself, like, I'm so frustrated with the fact that the Democrats get to claim X, Y, and Z number of people in California are Democrats, whether or not they're representing my views. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether or not they have one single candidate on any ballot that represents even any of my views, yeah. they get to kind of claim me as their part of their number because I'm not a Republican. And like, because I, I want to make sure that I get to vote in a meaningful primary. But like, how freeing was it the day that I was like, I'm leaving those fools? It was it felt great. great. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So like, just imagine if you could be on a ballot being like, I'm leaving all you fools. Uh, for sure. I know. I mean, what a dream. Yeah. And that's what they're doing in Michigan. Yeah. They have an uncommitted <clears throat> option. And there's a huge push there. Obviously, they have a huge, um, you know, uh, Muslim community. And right. so they are, you know, and, and we've talked on this podcast, I think, about how, you know, some of the leaders there have refused to meet with Biden and are obviously calling for a ceasefire. So... Our Revolution, some of the local independent papers, the DSA organization there, and just recently Representative Rashida Tlaib, which is kind of a big fucking deal, actually, because she's obviously a member of his party. I mean, like, she's always... Right, she's bold. Right, exactly. But, yeah. yeah. Um, So... That is wild. They are all pushing a vote for uncommitted in Michigan. And I'm curious to see. I, I don't. I don't think uncommitted is going to win, but I, it's going to get a big chunk of the yeah. vote. And I mean, it, this is a state that Bernie Sanders won. If it teaches us anything, not only did Bernie Sanders win this state, but he won it in an event that caused me to develop a lifelong hatred of Steve Kornacki. Because <laughs> oh, right. in 2016, it is Michigan that is the cause of my hatred of Steve, Steve Kornacki. Sure. Because it was the night of the Michigan primary in 2016. 
and I'm watching the TV just minding my business. Mm-hmm. And it is, I'm on the East Coast, so it's late. Sure. And it is like, it's getting to be like 11 p.m. And Steve Kornacki's there like, it looks like both the exit polls and the results are showing Bernie Sanders as the winner. But here's why that won't happen. <laughs> For hours, we're listening to him explain why that won't happen. Yeah. And uh-huh. all of that creates a narrative that by the time you go to bed on the East Coast, you're like, I guess it won't happen. And then Bernie Sanders fucking won. And I was like, well, literally everything that you had, any information you had coming out of that primary yeah. was an example of Bernie Sanders leading. Right. Just admit to yourselves that that was happening. It's not news reporting if you spend the whole night speculating that the state, the clear outcome is not going to be the clear outcome. I it know. was maddening. And it's when I abandoned MSNBC. And it is all thanks to the state of Michigan, which because of that, I really appreciate their... Um, Daring nature sometimes. No, I love that you left, left MSNBC. I that was liberating too. Yes. You know what? Leave everyone. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Groups are the worst. Groups coming <laughs> coming from two only children. Right. <laughs> if there's anything out wor- if there's anything worse than yeah. Be a chaos agent. Having to participate in a group, I can't tell you what it is. It's <laughs> it's playing a board game with complicated rules <laughs> that you don't know yet. Oh man. Um. In any case, we got to get that onto our if. If there's one thing the prop system can be used for, it's got to be that. (laughs) I I agree. That feels like a clear win for everyone. Yeah. Especially when you have a ballot with 65 billion people like we often do. I know. Also, oh, but that's, you know what? I've just come up with it right now. (laughs) So you know how our primary ballot has like 65 billion people on it. I just said that. The general ballot only has two. It's a runoff. And oftentimes, because of the way jungle primaries work, both of those people suck. Sure. There should be an option on every oh, general at least ballot at that point. because you should you can't write people in on the general ballot in California. Mm, right. So yeah, we do have a line for a write-in on the primary. Yes. Yeah. So it should be something oh, that you I can see. do in the runoff race. Yeah, that's a good idea. To be like fuck both these people. Yeah. They both fucking suck. Yeah. Because they usually do. They do. Yeah. That's oftentimes what happens. Yeah. And if they didn't suck, then you could vote for someone. And um, that's always fun. I know. <laughs> In any case, one person you won't have to worry about voting for oh, for president is, and you weren't worried about and it. you weren't thinking about it at all is Joe Manchin. Oh my god! His listening tour apparently involved listening to a lot of people tell him that he should not run for president. Oh yeah, he's been going around for months with no labels, like having you know sit downs with people, and I can't yeah. imagine those went well. <laughs> what were they? What do you think they were listening to people say to them? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like expletives? Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine who, first of all, did they find who was even willing to listen to to be listened to right. by them? I know if, if there's if there's one thing that people wanted less than a Biden versus Trump yeah. campaign, it's a Biden versus Trump mansion campaign. I can't. <laughs> can you imagine how deeply miserable would that be? I mean, um, I mean, it's going to be bad enough. Is anyway, there a world like, in which we could have organized no one voting in that kind of race? Oh, my God. I know. Just well, like a because, sit in a vote sit in. I know. It's wild because, like, literally he announced this on Friday, and on Thursday he had, to- uh, like, tossed around Mitt Romney and Rob Portman as potential running mates. So I'm curious if maybe on Thursday evening they were called and they were like, Joe. Absolutely not. Keep keep my name out your mouth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that Joe Lieberman's continuing to push forward with the no labels idea. Oh, yeah. Sev- they're still speaking with several exceptional leaders. Yeah. Unnamed leaders. Can you imagine how exceptional they must be to be willing to talk to no labels? <laughs> you must be the most exceptional people on the planet. Yeah. And and to tell Joe Lieberman to also keep their names right. out of his exactly. mouth. It's, he probably, they learned their lesson about floating names with the no labels party. I know. All of the names that have been floated, floated are like, no, thank you. Because right. Larry Hogan was also right. floated and now he's running for Senate. Exactly. Like, 
all they have to do to right i know they're they're gonna be left with very few i would say zero exceptional leaders because any of the ones that they mention and i'm not saying these people are exceptional anyway but they're they're leaders they're exceptional in their way not in the uh they're they're exceptional in a not like they're in a pejorative sense they're exceptional (laughs) sure they're different yeah they're different yeah right I don't know if they're exceptional in the sense that they are great yeah. and exceptional. Yeah. But, but they are exceptions. But there's no there's no chance that Joe Lieberman has a real ace up his sleeve. <laughs> Absolutely. Never has. Never has once in his life. <laughs> no. That's how he became <clears throat> such an outrageous loser. <laughs> yeah. Um Ooh. in any case, oh, speaking of outrageous losers, I'm killing it on the transitions yeah. <laughs> today. The Santos race. Yes. We Brought you a podcast the night of the race, but we had not yet heard the results. Yeah. Soon after we recorded, yeah. results were resulted. Not close. And Tom Swazi won that seat by almost 10 points. I think yeah. eight points. Yeah. So um, that reduces the GOP majority in the House. Now it's 2019 to 2013. Yep. And it's some of those five votes are not to be trusted. Oh, for sure. Most of those. All yeah. of the five votes. Well, they can really only lose. They, they can, can only, only lose, lose two and a half three. votes. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So they, they they now but and they have something they have something like five or six votes that are frequently lost. Yeah. They're, they're certainly for the craziest things. That for the craziest things to. they want right, to do. Yeah. yeah. Well and for the least crazy things too. Well sure. They can't do anything with that kind of a majority. No. Because they they don't have the votes for anything. The the depending on what level of crazy they're talking. Right. Oh yeah, right. Because if it's a normal thing, then the crazies aren't the crazies going aren't going to vote for it. And if it's a crazy thing, the normals aren't going to vote for it. They, that's a <laughs> mess of a majority right yeah. now. Um, which is why they can't accomplish anything, and also why they had to um, impeach the Homeland Security Director before. Twice. Yeah, twice. Oh, right. And oh, yeah, and before and this. And brought that to a floor vote while <laughs> losing, which they keep doing. They keep losing floor votes, which is like not how anything works. I know. It doesn't make any sense. But in any case, as you might expect, um, mm-hmm. George Santos is handling this uh, loss with. A level of a flair plum. and a plum <laughs> that that is rarely seen in nature. Yeah. Uh, first of all, he sent a group text message to some <laughs> of his former Republican colleagues and blamed them for costing the party a seat. But not and everyone. And then posted a screenshot of it. Oh, yeah. And posted it. That's how we know about it. But I also love, he didn't, he, there were people that were just like left off the list. Yeah, because it, it was the New York delegation. Right. Yeah, the New York Republican, Republican delegation. delegation. Um, but like Brandon Williams just didn't make it onto the list. Of course, forgettable. Guy. Fuck them all. Yeah. Um, he wrote, I hope you guys are happy with this dismal performance and your 10 million for feudal bullshit cost the party. I look very forward to most of you losing to your absolute hate-filled campaign to remove me from Congress arbitrarily. Now go tell the Republican base what you fucking idiots did and good luck raising money next quarter. Andrew Garabino replied with, sorry, new phone, who dis? <laughs> Which is also a great troll. I just feel like this level of petty is what I imagine the Republicans are up to yeah. in their spare time and their personal text ex- exchanges. But I love that George Santos gave us this window yeah. in. Um, he's also suing Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> I know. Uh, related to So George Santos' new racket is doing cameo videos. I'm sure you've seen them because you're a person in society. Um and so on Saturday, uh, he uh, filed a lawsuit against Jimmy Kimmel because he claimed that Jimmy Kimmel tricked him into making cameo videos, quote, for the sole purpose of capitalizing on and ridiculing his personality. <laughs> That's what his presence on cameo is literally for. I was going to say. Does he not know what he's Is that illegal? 
No, it's not. That's the whole point of cameo. It's like to get somebody ridiculous who's like not. It's like you know yeah. Michael Avenatti genre people. Yeah, to right. like. Make a video making fun of themselves. It's an in-joke with yes. your friends using people who don't know they're the butt of the joke. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> That's the only thing you would ever do on Cameo. <laughs> so true. I know. Yeah. So in any case, um, the suit is claiming uh, copyright infringement, fraudulent inducement, and breach of contract and unjust enrichment. <laughs> um, and so it's also, he's also suing ABC Walt Disney. Um, oh, yeah. Well, sure. So That's where the money we'll is. Well, go big. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Jimmy Kimmel is just a yeah. guy. Um, but apparently, the uh, Jimmy Kimmel, they, the lawsuit claims, submitted at least 14 requests for cameo videos from Santos by providing <laughs> phony names and narratives. Um, so Jimmy Kimmel <clears throat> pretended to be other people to get George Santos to make ridiculous videos, which is, again, the point of cameo. So I don't know what to tell you. Oh, amazing. Like, an amazing... Um, I love it when we get to do George Santos stories. I am going to be so sad when he runs out of ideas for keeping himself in the press. Will he? Well, it's hard to know. I, I do <laughs> I hope. Know. He is a creative guy. I know. So I feel. And being this petty. You can get. A, always. Well, it's, you know, you can always for, do reality at that point. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's going to be on a reality show soon. And we're going to. I mean, get him. I hope. Get him on the house contract house. for uh, the next season of The Traders has been drawn up already. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about the idea of putting him on The Traders. I can't believe that because I did actually watch The Traders. And yeah. while I do think it's a dumb show, I also think George Santos would... Yeah. The former head of parliament. Is uh, that's what it. I was going to say. They've got the head of the, the House <laughs> of Commons on right. there this season. So, I mean, yeah. George... Oh, my God. Can you imagine George Santos on The Traders? It's yes, like I can. It's the pinnacle of television. Yeah. That's I like, think. Yeah. No, you're right. Like of all television. Of all television. Like we invented the talkies so we could have the traders. Right. <laughs> with George if Santos. If you're, or without. But I mean, that would be the ultimate I feel for sure. medium about the traders without George Santos. Yeah. I feel like I'd be heavily invested with. Well, it's a character flaw. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Georgia. Ooh. You guys. Guys. Should we talk first about whether we thought Fonnie Willis' dress was on backwards <laughs> yes. or just ugly? We have contradictory <laughs> opinions about this because... Well, I don't know. No. I mean, we both looked at the pictures. And sure. certainly there is a zipper There's on a her zipper dress... zipper in the front. ...that feels that it should... It feels like it should be in the back, and it's in the front. Yeah. But I noticed, based on an article from the Daily Mail about whether her dress was on backwards, that the front with the zipper has darts. And why would you put darts in the back of yeah, the dress? Yeah, right. Or it's like got a darted... Like, it's cut with darts. So, like, I don't feel like it is on backwards. I think it's just ugly. Do you, It could just be ugly. Yeah. Do you think it's, like, some brand that's just sort of like, you know, we've solved the zipper issue, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, you don't need a man to zip you up in the back. Yeah, you know, I it's think that's like exactly a, what happened. Of, yeah, right. And I just think that, unfortunately, it's, like, fine if you want to do that and you want to put a zipper that looks like it was meant to be in the front of your dress. I think where they went wrong is they tried to put a zipper that would be invisible in the back of a dress into the front of a dress where it's yeah. too visible. Correct. But listen, it at least gave everyone something to talk about. Sure. Um, well, there was a lot to talk about. <laughs> during what was a pretty exciting... Uh, yeah. This is, by the way, such a petty and silly situation to have found ourselves in relating to such a serious case that was also such a bombshell when it came, when it was I dropped. Know. Like, the charges in Georgia are so, like, well done and kind of amazingly bold and to... Now have to talk about this case and whether Fonnie Willis is like having an affair with her with another lawyer is like, and and also whether her dress is on backwards is 
I mean, certainly adding some of the, you know, sort of reality flair that you look for in a news story, but it is depressing. I was going to say that you would maybe not want in this specific story. I mean, I think that was sort of like, in regard to this whole thing, when we had um, Ben on and we got all of the updates, you know, I think he was pretty annoyed about this, just in the sense that I think the idea is like, you know, you're trying to take down the former leader of the free free world who's about to, you know, bring fascism to america when he wins this next election like you don't fuck it up right um so yes this was good television but it's television (laughs) that we perhaps didn't need to have and the reason that we're having it is really no one's fault but her own yeah and you know maybe they'll be together forever (laughs) and like it's the america's great love story and that would be lovely but um it's not ideal. For all it's costing us. <laughs> right. I hope that they're together forever. Right. But it was a very crazy watch. Yeah. Like, even the the clips of it, I didn't watch all of it. But, like, you know, she was very defiant. Like, she's a prosecutor, obviously. But, like, just to see her on the witness stand was weird because, like, she's objecting to things. She's, like, getting in sort of, you know, like, legal back and forths with the defense attorney. She was talking directly to the judge multiple times. And, like, she definitely <laughs> got raised her voice a few times. So it was like, it did feel very bombastic. I mean, in terms of just like, you know, good television. Right. I mean, I guess you put a prosecutor on the stand, you get a prosecutor. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, Um, But the whole reason that this happened was because we knew about this relationship, but the, the, some of the lawyers from the defense and some of the people I think have even, are lawyers of people who have already struck deals had this person who was claiming that they were together prior to her hiring him for this case. Yeah, there's like the real point of contention here is whether or not their relationship started before or after she hired him. Right. And that's why it's so petty because we're literally just listening to everyone's hearsay about whether or not these two people were like hooking up before or after the date that, you know, they commenced work on this right. big indictment case, or this big case. Right. Um, yeah, because they, they called some witness who was like a former friend of hers who's claiming that she saw them like hugging and kissing in 2019 and that she claims that, you know, Fani told her that they were dating and stuff like that. But there's not, I think at a certain point, like the judge literally like asked the defense attorney or maybe it was Willis herself did. It was just sort of like, do you have any proof? Right. Also, this, they were really, like, no. this really gets to the heart of all modern dating dilemmas, which is if you're hooking up, are you dating? <laughs> sure. I mean, how does the court define that? Yeah, you know? well, that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the other thing that was sort of like... What, no one has up, any proof of anything. Nobody has, no. Because there's so no... it's just hearsay. Right, because there's also no receipts or proof of payment or proof of deposits or anything in regards to um, Willis paying Wade back because she claims that she did it all with cash because she claims that her father or someone has told her that she should always keep six months of cash in her home at all times, which, by the way... Don't, That's bad financial advice. That, don't be doing that. Don't do it, yeah. So, like, because she even said it in a way where she was like, you should always be doing this. Like, oh. she was Susie Ormaning from right. the, the witness stand. And that's wrong. Right. That's a <laughs> So, um, but, yeah, and Wade claims the same thing, obviously, because they're both, right. they're, that's what they're, right. <laughs> that's what they're going to do. And I'm not saying that they're lying. It sounds like a wacky story to have right. paid somebody back in because he didn't use cash to pay for these trips obviously that's how we know that they exist so it's like if he put a ten thousand dollar trip to the bahamas on his credit card it would it's odd that even if she did pay him back in cash 
that that wasn't deposited I for him to then be able to I want a paper trail just so that someone couldn't myself. claim that I hadn't paid them back yet. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, if we're speaking honestly about how we would handle paying people back for Bahamas vacations. Yeah. It's the cash for the vacations that's a little, little weird because they were also asking about how people decided to pay for things. And she right. kind of did the, well, I don't need people to pay for me. I don't, you know, like, because they also had a bunch of dinners and things like right. that. And she was like, sometimes I paid, sometimes he paid. Like that, like that's right. well, that's fine. I don't expect yeah. them be putting down two credit cards if they're dating, you know, to be right. splitting a dinner. Like, I, I, that's fine. The fact that there's zero paper trail for like, multiple vacations yeah is a little bit weird so i'm very jealous of all the vacations they were taking i haven't taken i've never been to the bahamas i know (laughs) one of the vacations was to belize which is like i feel like if you're gonna have somebody paying for vacations yeah don't do a cheap vacation look do a really expensive one don't go to belize you can afford to go to belize by yourself anybody can yeah and also you don't want to that's a cheap they have nice beaches yeah you can go to the beach in belize but you can afford that that certainly can't. Don't waste a paid-for vacation <laughs> on agree. a place you can afford to travel on your own. Yeah. And sh- she claims that she could afford to travel any of these places on right. her own. Which she probably can't. Probably, yeah. She's a lawyer. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. She's I don't prosecutor. think That's... that she's wrong about that. Um, but in any case, so we'll see how that all shakes out. It did feel like of the of the evidence they would need to remove her, they did not really get much because they would need some sort of proof that she had committed some sort of like ethical breach here and yeah. they no it's all just people saying what they recent right. what it's rumors it's, this is, it, it's all rumors it seems like at its worst it's probably just going to be considered bad judgment yeah which you're allowed to have right. it's you wouldn't want to have it right <laughs> right nobody wants to have it but you are allowed to have it it's legal to have bad right. judgment it is distracting as far as narrative yeah. so i don't like well, and she, tr- she that, tried to get back to the actual narrative, which I think yeah. was probably a good reason for her to actually be at the proceedings, even though yeah, it yeah. seemed like it turned into a circus. But uh, the the exchange that sort of is like making the most rounds, I think, is when she answered a question and she said, you think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. And she's right. Yeah. This yeah. wasn't this wasn't even a trial. No, I exactly. I mean, this was a hearing to find out whether she had done anything wrong. And it seems like maybe she didn't. Right. Uh, did, she did something stupid. Right. But like the whole the whole point. Right. That doesn't this change in, the charges this against in, Trump. This entire operation is whether Donald Trump tried to steal an election in the state of Georgia, which he most certainly which did. He did, for sure. And we know that he did. And there's proof that he did. And people have already essentially claimed that he did. And I'm sure that they have... I'm yes, th- those people have claimed that he did because I'm sure that was part of their plea deals. Of course, yeah. So like we we know what this case is, right? So yeah, and getting back to the case is both going to be better television, and also um, more relevant to yeah our lives, for sure. But yeah. so it's annoying that we had to listen to all of this. Well, and that is why people are annoyed with us. Obviously, they want to yeah. get back to this case, but like also, I think a lot of people thought that this was. A real home run of a case. Yeah. Whereas some of these other ones are, you know, it's... Well, and it's, she had made real charges. A, it wasn't like a bunch <clears throat> of tiptoeing bullshit. Right. And it's sort of, it's a it's a state charge for something that he was doing, you know, I, I think that there's like... It, this one was the most slam dunky. They I mean, literally there's other have him on ones, tape trying like, to steal an election in the right, state of exactly. Georgia. So, so you, like... You don't want any of them to be thrown out because you're right. sort of like, you want just one of them to stick and the way that that happens is if you try all of them. Right. You know? <laughs> um, but, but this, this one, one in particular... Yeah, it would be bad if this one should be went sticky. Away. Yeah. 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 Um, speaking of Trump cases, sure. Let's talk about the uh, civil case in New York. 
the Look. Tish James case. We finally have a ruling on that. I know. And it's another Ooh. huge, uh, huge penalty. Yeah. It's got this. So this was the case with the judge who did the sitcom uh, yeah. viral video uh-huh. uh, where he takes off his glasses and like essentially winks yeah. at the camera. He didn't do it. <laughs> no. Right. Somebody else did it. But I mean, he no, the reason it yeah, became so, sorry, so popular no. was because he like winks at the yeah, camera right, during it. Um, so I'm just imagining like him oh, yeah. uh, po- posting it to TikTok like while they're in recess. <laughs> right. This is Arthur Ingoron, the judge who uh, had the funny glasses wink. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but in any case. Uh, he ordered Trump on Friday to pay $355 million <laughs> in penalties. And my favorite thing about this sum um, is that it's going to get bigger because in New York State, you have to pay interest on penalties. Oh. And he's going to keep appealing it. Oh, so yeah. if the final judgment is that he has to pay, he's probably going to end up on the hook for more than $450 million. Yeah. Um, and it'll just keep growing until he pays. He also can't, like, what is it? He can't, like, run another corporation in the state of New York? New York for, for three New York years, for I think. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, he said that Trump lied about his wealth uh, and he did not close the Trump Corporation, right. which is too bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, but he, they are going to have to change the leadership. That, like, it, There's going to be consequences for the entire Trump organization. Right. It's not going to just be Trump himself. Um, and he also noted in his judgment that like these people um, did not... No, did not acknowledge they had done anything wrong. They have no remorse. Um, and their lack of contrition and remorse, quote, borders on pathological. Yeah. He said, the frauds found here leap off the page and shock the conscience. And um, basically he was like, they're going to do it again. Like, there's no right. world in which they stop doing yeah. this. So, like, I have not put their company out of business. But, like, there is – this is not going to st- stop their we, – we need the charges to be so massive that they actually, like, stop this behavior because they're going to keep trying to do this right. again. Um, and this is massive. And yeah. as, as I was saying to Lila before the podcast, I'm like, even as a billionaire – yeah. Donald Trump has never had $355 million. That's right. <laughs> because he's a fake millionaire or billionaire. Yeah. And if you are a billionaire, you actually don't wind up being bankrupt repeatedly over the course of your lifetime. <laughs> so true. That's like enough money, right. you know? Yeah. Like that. So he doesn't he doesn't have this money laying around anywhere to be. Absolutely not. Paid. And this is only one. I mean, he's, he owes almost a billion dollars between this and the E. Jean Carroll suit. Oh, yeah, right. And just... You know, or I think more than a billion dollars if you add it all up, plus Probably. the amount that he will end up owing in New yeah, York. Yeah, right. Like, this is a man who is going to end up owing billions of dollars in penalties that he cannot afford to pay. Love that for him. And that he is going to try to convince you he's a successful businessman while running for president <laughs> right, while yeah. not having the money to pay. Right, right. Um, And I think what's so interesting about this is, like, we all know he doesn't have the money to pay for these I think there's very few, like, there is, like, a sector of America that's, like, no, he's just too smart to pay for it or whatever. Like, I'm sure those people, you know, but those people are always making an excuse for dumb things. But, like, most Americans, I think, are probably aware at this point that he does not have money to pay for this. Oh, yeah. We've already seen Giuliani go bankrupt. Yeah. So we've seen his close associates going bankrupt. Like, I, what, how is he going to spin this to the number of voters he needs to, like, get elected? He won't have to because Democrats aren't going to show up at all. So it'll be fine. But (laughs) like, it's just like, it's such an interesting conundrum because he is going to have to convince us he's wealthy and successful while also not having enough money to pay for all the legal damages that he's caused in one of 65 different cases that are going on. You know, like this is like only, 
This has only been two cases with judgments. He already owes a billion dollars. Yeah. Or three cases if you count the E. Jean Carroll happening twice. <laughs> right. But that I mean, just kept rehappening because he just wouldn't he shut, his, shut mouth his mouth. About it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he might get sued by her again. That's true. He probably will. But don't worry. He has a plan to pay for all of this because he's <laughs> <laughs> launching a shoe line. <laughs> He's Jesus. licensed his name to a sneaker company. Yeah. He was a per- in person, uh, made the announcement of the sneaker line at SneakerCon in Philadelphia. Got booed. Saying, I've wanted to do this for a long time. Oh, sure, obviously. <laughs> they're heinous. I, they're so ugly. Have we seen him in them? Because I want that Oh, visual. no, we haven't. They're so ugly. They're, they're so They're like high ugly. top gold, gold with American flag on And the number them. 45. I mean, it's like, it's, and they're like it's bad. $400. Yeah. These high tops are $400 and regular sneakers for $199. Yeah. I just... Oh, didn't, the, didn't the Never say, Surrender high top sneaker is the oh, name of the Jesus. The, that Never Surrender thing is like never going to get old. No, I know. It's, it's just from the man who's like continually been surrendering to everything. Just constantly, <laughs> constantly surrendering in a, sor- himself. a, a source of surrender. <laughs> <laughs> and he also sees it as a possible campaign tool. He said, we're going to turn this country around fast. We're going to turn it around and we're going to remember the young people and we're going to remember SneakerCon. <laughs> remember the SneakerCon. Remember the SneakerCon. Right? Sneaker <laughs> the sneakers come with extra laces and a Trump superhero charm. No. Um, and the website that sells them also features a perfume and cologne for $100 called Victory 47. Well, I want to smell that. <laughs> I do not. I know. You Brent's know, a scent you... person. <laughs> I have, I couldn't have less interest in understanding what, I, I can imagine what it smells like because I bet it smells like the kind of smell he would smell like. <laughs> and he must smell so coloned. Like a man with that much hairspray. Oh, I bet is, so. You probably can't breathe in a room He's probably him. still doing like the whole like aqua velva on the cheeks like after he for uh, sure yeah uh-huh um and it, the biden team very obviously workshopped their reply to this for hours sure. they basically like, convened a comedy writer's room to come up with an answer to this even though the answer was obvious and so they their communications director released a statement that said donald trump showing up to hawk off a bootleg off whites is the closest he'll get to any air force ones ever again for the rest of his life oh zing zing that must have taken them a full day's work to come up with. For sure. That's, yeah. They spent all... <clears throat> the reason they don't have a, an election plan for themselves is because they, in the middle of a senility, senility crisis that, you know, Joe Biden is facing, they spent a full day workshopping what they were going to say about Donald Trump's sneakers line. <laughs> right. Um, um, I need to look at the um, notes on this cologne. <laughs> 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 I have to know what they're supposed to smell like. Yeah. Um, does it give you notes? Keep, ta- keep talking about the NYPD. <laughs> Okay. Go to our next story. I'll be over here reading. Okay. Brent's going to be over here reading while, while I tell you a weird story about the NYPD that has nothing to do with anything else on this podcast, but it was a story in Politico this week, and it's kind of, it's fairly alarming and also fairly ridiculous, and I think sums up everything that's wrong with the Adams administration in one neat little package, which is, so New York City has a new police commissioner as of July, Edward Caban. He's, um, I think, you Hold know. Hold on, stop. Stop everything. Okay. <laughs> we'll tell you the story later. First, we're we're, we're going to do something visual on this podcast, but we'll describe it to you. Look at these bottles. No. <laughs> oh my god, you guys! The it's bo- the most gold that you could possibly imagine in bottle form. Yeah, it has his he- head. It has on his the head top on of it. One of them. Yeah, Victory Forty Seven with Trump's. <laughs> and literally, this website, by the way, is just called Trump oh Sneakers. God. Also. The image is shown for are for illustration purposes only and may not be an exact representation <laughs> of the product. So maybe that's not what it even looks like. No. 
I hope not, because who would want his head on the top of your perfume or cologne bottle? No. Oh, a crisp. Uh, Here we go. Yeah. A crisp opening of citrus blends into a cedar heart, underpinned by a rich base of leather and amber, crafting a commanding presence. Victory is more than a fragrance. This cologne is for the movers, the shakers, and the history makers. Crowned with a Trump collector's cap, splash on a bit of victory and own every room you stepped in, step into. What copywriter? Vic- no, victory is very much a collector's piece. Trump fragrances oh. are estimated to ship in June 2024. Okay, oh, so those are never arriving to anyone's house, by the way. You're going to pay them $99 <laughs> no, plus a, tax and a, shipping, and yeah. you're never going to see this ever again. It's just a, um, a campaign. Okay, here's the, the for women. Let's see. Accents of warm spice evoke a subtle strength, making it a perfect match for any woman ready to make her mark with poise and confidence. Trad wife. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, there's more notes. Sorry. Hold on. For a fragrance that captures the essence of feminine strength and elegance, infused with a blend of light floral notes, hints of citrus zest, and a whisper of spice. The scent is for the woman who embraces her victories with grace and allure. Oh, yes. A silent woman who doesn't say anything during her victories. <laughs> Grace and allure Ooh. and silence. I want both of them. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I know. I would never. <laughs> you do not make a $200 contribution. I'm not participating in the grift. Into the Trump campaign. I guarantee you some of my um, fragrance TikTok girlies are going to be smelling those oh, on, on, on TikTok pretty I soon. I can only imagine. Yeah. I hope you will report back what you see. Obviously. I'm not on fragrance TikTok because fragrance TikTok makes no sense to me because you can't smell things on your phone. Correct. But um, I am curious to know. Well, it's a short trip from um, beauty TikTok. I yes. mean, it is beauty TikTok, right. but I was on skincare TikTok. I'm on skincare TikTok. Yeah. Oh, you'll I, be on. You'll get there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, everyone <laughs> finds their way to every TikTok eventually. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping. I This is, I think, going to have strong crossover with trad wife TikTok. So I feel like. With it, who? Trad wife. Are you not? No. Know, what's that? That's trad wife is the hashtag for like traditional wife TikTok. Oh, it's no. like barefoot kitchen oh. in the kitchen with a baby on your hip TikTok oh, no. where they tell you about how you should be a good quiet wife. Oh no. Um I'm only on mocking trad wife TikTok. I'm yeah, not on good. trad wife TikTok itself obviously. Yeah. I feel like this is going to have a little bit of a crossover between fragrance TikTok oh. and trad wife TikTok because who else would buy this fragrance? So yeah. there's going to be a bit of that going on. Oh, interesting. And Tradwife TikTok is very confusing because it lends itself to mockery almost too well. So you're kind of like, is this a spoof? And then you're not really sure. Oh, and right. then the person who is spoofing it comes on, but they don't have to say anything because it's already <laughs> spoofed itself. Right. So it's just like someone giving a look at the end. Right. There's a lot of that going on. Sure. A lot of stitches incoming. A lot of stitches incoming, and the stitch is just somebody giving a look. (laughs) Or like somebody, I saw one today that was like somebody saying that if if something happens to your husband, you have to get married to another man right away. Oh, yeah, of course. And then somebody came on right away to be like, that is so embarrassing. And then just that was the end of the video. So, well, just two 40-year-olds describing, <laughs> describing TikToks to you. TikToks to you. <laughs> telling Joe Biden that's, that he should seem less like... That's what the kids are doing, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> telling each other about telling their TikToks? Telling each other about TikToks. Um, uh, you were talking about some guy named Edward Caban. Yeah, Edward Caban. Let's talk about him. Back to the NYPD police commissioner. So look, as of last summer, there's a new police commissioner in New York City. He's part of the Adams administration. Adams is a very law and ordery kind of mayor, and so sure. it makes sense that he would have an asshole as a police commissioner. So there's been um, some weird reporting recently that we've seen relating to the activities of this police commissioner. And one of the things that's weird about his activities is that he keeps taking foreign trips. (laughs) He's the New York City Police Department commissioner. Yeah, right. He's not like America's police commissioner. Yeah. He's just a guy who works for the police department of not even a state, (laughs) but of, of a city. 
Um, and yeah. most recently, what one like m- multiple of these weird trips he's been taking have been to the Middle East, which is also weird. He's currently yeah. there for the fourth time since taking office like half a year ago. Right now he's in Dubai alongside an Eric Adams aide, Joel Eisendorfer, um, who, to attend the United Arab Emirates World Government Summit. Why? <laughs> Why? But this is on the heels of us finding out that members of the NYPD traveled to the Middle East um, to participate in something called the SWAT Challenge Games, which is a training competition. Um, and they were there, like, competing against, like, pro-Russia Chechen military groups that are, like, helping <laughs> Russia fight in Ukraine. So, like, security experts found that a little alarming for obvious reasons. Um, but also, on Monday, Kaban and Eisendorfer were pictured presenting a plaque to UAE's deputy prime minister and minister of the interior because they had a closed-door meeting with them. And apparently, the meeting was to discuss quote exist this is how the news in uh the news in the uae reported it existing relations between the uae and us and ways to enhance cooperation in security and law enforcement but why is the nypd (laughs) having independent talks with foreign entities about this yeah again he's not the police commissioner of america right he's not even the police commissioner of new york state he's the police commissioner of a municipal police force yeah but we've learned so much through learning all of this because there's one more concerning aspect to this, which is that no one's really sure who paid for this trip. Oh, a ci- yes. They, they, a City Hall spokesperson said no taxpayer dollars are being spent on it. Sure, of But course. they no. also declined to say who was paying for <laughs> right. it. So we're not really sure how it's being paid for. <clears throat> this is the fourth time that he's left the country um, as commissioner. Yeah. He's been... Uh, if they're paying for all these trips themselves, they're making too much money. Exactly. <laughs> and in October, he visited Qatar. Like, why? Why? What... To, to talk and like this is wall there was like a huge amount of like protests going on around gaza and so yeah. like he literally left new york city which was like going to be like filled with right, protests he been there. um in order to go visit a security conference in cutter so that's weird yep. he went to the dr recently oh, and to jamaica weird. he's like having something to do with like people voting in the dr really i don't like new york city expats voting in the dr or something like that in any case but, like, what does the UAE have to do with the New York Police Department? Yeah, very weird. And we also learned that the police department has this weird, there's this um, thing called the New York City Police Foundation, which is a nonprofit that oh, helps sure. support the work of the department. And they pay for the department to maintain officers posted in other countries, including UAE and Qatar. What? And, like, a bunch of other places as part of a, quote, liaison program. What? It's like, what the fuck is that? Why are they liaisons? Is there, like, an actual NYPD police conspiracy? I don't Go know. Ahead. That's weird. In any case. There must be because they also have a dance team we found out today. Yes. <laughs> Another cons- Right. We, the libraries are closed on weekends now in New York right. City, but there's an NYPD dance team and a robot <laughs> wandering the Times Square police station. I saw a tweet about that video of the dance team and said, they're not protecting and they're definitely not serving. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly... That is, if you watch the video, a perfect description. Well, it's not of, good. It's not good. It's not, it's like any high school in middle America could put them to shame immediately. <clears throat> any any New York City high school step team could put them to shame. 100%. We have all, all the high schools in New York City have those, and they're all better than what I witnessed in that video. Um, in any case, it's, Ooh. what a time. But also, why is the NYPD like taking meetings with foreign governments? Bizarre. What's going, like, I get it. 
they got kind of weird after 9-11. They started doing a little bit of security stuff that they shouldn't have. That was Giuliani and Bernie Carrick started you know, security consulting on the basis of some activities that yeah, the NYPD yeah, yeah. shouldn't have been dealing with. Like, none of these are the job of the NYPD, which is to protect and serve New York City, the entity right. itself. You don't, they, they don't need a foreign intelligence agency. No. They don't need to be taking meetings with the department of the head of the interior of UAE. No, and they also don't need to be getting any ideas from those people because no. don't they? Aren't they? Aren't the Dubai police? Aren't they driving around like in Bugattis and things like that? Yes. Right. Like, and they're also probably being like notably awful. If uh, I, I, I mean, I had and to guess. as are the NYPD, obviously. Right. But I mean, like, if I had if to guess, if you're going someplace to liaise, right, or to potentially be like. Let's go see how they're doing policing. Right. That's not where you're, where you're going. Don't go there. You sh- shouldn't be anyway. It's high, the whole thing is highly concerning. <clears throat> um, and I feel it was just like a, this weird little story that popped up on Politico. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this sort of I what this reminds me of is the Giuliani era, um, and specifically and and the Bloomberg era, the early Bloomberg era. It's sort of like the immediate post. It's the Giuliani era meets 9-11 style security policy. And it's a reminder that Eric Adams is serving that exact kind of like mayoral purpose. Like that is is who he is. He's a law and order candidate. He's a former NYPD guy himself. And he is the kind of guy that the police act a fool under because they are empowered to do things they should not be doing. And one of the things that the NYPD should not be doing is taking solo meetings with foreign entities. Well, was someone the from the State <clears throat> Department there unavailable? Right, right, like, no. This is a world governments conference, and they sent the NYPD police commissioner, who's Very only weird. been in the job for six months. Like, get out of here. Yeah, don't be doing that. Anyway, that's the news this week, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, you'll be hearing from us, so you'll find out what the news is then. That's right. <laughs> we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. 